is the story of two blood brothers, not biological, but in spirit, mind, and soul. Two blood brothers, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. Muhammad Ali redefining what it meant to be a black athlete. Malcolm enlightening him on what that meant. It is a story this Black History Month that you don't hear that often. The storytellers are distinguished professors, well-known authors. Randy Roberts is a distinguished professor of history at Purdue University. He's an award-winning author and he has written biographies on athletes and celebrities including Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, Joe Lewis, and even John Wayne. Johnny Smith is an assistant professor of American history at Georgia Tech. He is the author of The Sons of Westwood, John Wooden, UCLA, and The Dynasty That Changed College Basketball. Johnny lives in Atlanta. All right, we were talking about who was, I got the feeling that Muhammad Ali at first was being caught between these two men. Malcolm, this is what you should understand about the game of sport, the business of it. You almost being like another paid slave, a paid slave, but still a slave, enslaved by the attitude of who you are as an athlete, but you have pride, you have dignity. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad saying that I am the one that directs you. Am I understanding the story so far? Yeah, I think you are. I think that after... Uh, Cassius Clay wins the heavyweight championship. He announces he's Cassius X. Then the heavyweight champion of the world becomes a pawn in a power struggle between Elijah Muhammad, the leader of the Nation of Islam, and Malcolm X, who at that time had been suspended by Elijah Muhammad. You see, uh, after President Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, uh, on December 1st, Malcolm X had made some pretty cruel comments about the president's murder. And so Elijah Muhammad suspended Malcolm X for 90 days. Basically told him, you cannot talk to the press, you cannot preach, and he sends word through back channels to the mosque that no one in the nation of Islam can communicate with Malcolm X. So Malcolm has effectively been, you know, sent away. And he is being tested by Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad tells Malcolm that you are not to talk about any of our conversations to Louis uh, uh, Farrakhan, Louis X at that time, okay? But the thing is this. Malcolm X knew a secret Elijah Muhammad had. Elijah Muhammad had impregnated six or seven of his secretaries. This is a scandal inside the nation of Islam that threatened to bring down the whole movement. So in the eyes of Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, who was growing in popularity, who was seemingly becoming too powerful, too big for his britches, he's dangerous. Because Malcolm knows the secrets of Elijah. So when Malcolm is sent into exile, he's in a position where he has to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to follow Elijah Muhammad, who really has become a fraud? He's not the man I thought he was. Can I help save him? Or do I break away? And do I take the heavyweight champion with me in a new movement? But here's the problem now for... Muhammad Ali. He's been renamed by Elijah Muhammad. This was considered a great honor in the nation of Islam. To receive an original name, a Muslim name, was very rare. There had been members in the nation of Islam who had been following Elijah Muhammad for years 
who never received the original name. Now suddenly, Cassius Clay is Muhammad Ali. Now think about that. Malcolm X didn't receive this original name. He was Malcolm X. That's how important this renaming was. It was a political move. Muhammad Ali was being told by Elijah Muhammad, you are special, you are unique. And Ali believes it. But when he's forced with this decision to choose between Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, he can hear Malcolm's voice in his head repeating over and over again, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is Allah's messenger. And so what Ali realizes is that the supreme authority in the nation of Islam is not Malcolm, it's Elijah Muhammad. At the same time, Ali is surrounded by other members of the nation of Islam who are telling him that Malcolm X is the chief hypocrite. He is a liar. He is spreading lies about Elijah Muhammad that, that aren't true and that you should not believe him. And so he gravitates to Elijah Muhammad. But there's political reasons for this as well, why Ali follows Elijah and not Malcolm. Malcolm believed that the nation of Islam had been standing on the sidelines of the civil rights struggle too long. Elijah Muhammad told his followers they were supposed to completely separate from society. They weren't supposed to vote. They weren't supposed to march. They weren't supposed to demonstrate. Well, Malcolm believes in action, in confrontation. But Muhammad Ali does not. He is comfortable living in the sanctuary, in the separate world that the nation of Islam has created. Yeah. Okay, this is this is so fascinating. I, I want to step back for just a moment. Did Malcolm and Muhammad Ali, did they have a conversation? Boy, that was really fascinating about Malcolm not getting a name from mm -hmm. the, the mentor that brought him into the nation of Islam, that changed his life inside the prison. It, um, amazing. But did... Malcolm and Muhammad ever leave before, in essence, he was excommunicated, quarantined, Malcolm was. Did they get a chance to talk before then? And how serious did the battle between Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, and where was Muhammad Ali? So let me lay out the timeline for you, one, just to be clear, because it is very complicated. It's a complex web. Um, so Malcolm X is suspended from the Nation of Islam uh, pretty much on December 1st of 1963. So in January of 1964, Malcolm X goes to Miami on quote-unquote vacation. He's spending time with Cassius Clay, the contender for the heavyweight title. Clay at that time was training for his fight against Sonny Liston, okay? Then Cassius Clay defeats Sonny Liston for the heavyweight championship on February 25th, 1964. Elijah Muhammad renamed the new champ Muhammad Ali on March 6th, 1964. Then there's a period of about two weeks in mid-March of 64 where Ali goes home to Louisville, he spends time with his family, then he goes to Chicago to visit with Elijah Muhammad. And this was a crucial period because this is when Elijah has really pulled Ali in close. And he tells him effectively, you know, you cannot be with Malcolm X. But then Ali goes back to New York. And we discovered in our research, and no one had ever discovered this, that Ali and Malcolm had 
a meeting. And that we don't know exactly what they said, and part of that is what makes this story so fascinating. They often met in private. They didn't let the public know what they were discussing. But we do know that Malcolm advised Ali. He said, look, for your own safety, for your own well-being, you can't go with me. And Ali accepted that, and Malcolm accepted that, but Malcolm believed that they were still on good terms, even though they couldn't be close anymore. We know this because when Malcolm X went to the Middle East and Africa in the spring of 1964, he kept a diary. And in that diary, Malcolm wrote about how, you know, he kept pictures of him and his friend Cassius Clay in his wallet, and he showed them to people in Egypt and Saudi Arabia. And he wrote about how people were so excited because they recognized the heavyweight champion of the world, and it made Malcolm feel proud that Cassius Clay was his friend. And I can't emphasize this enough. Malcolm is calling Clay his friend in the journal. That tells you about how he felt about him, even though the relationship had fractured. Or, or appeared to fracture. Uh, Rodney, sure. uh, Rodney uh, when Johnny was talking, he said several things. I want to backstep for just a moment. And one of the things that he said is that Malcolm warned Ali not to follow him. He said it would be dangerous. It could be dangerous. I want to hit on that issue of danger because during the time when Malcolm was excommunicated, because that's what it felt like as I read about him, as he was, he was getting threats. He was getting telephone calls. He was getting people who said they were going to kill him. And when I interviewed the late Betty Shabazz, she said the same thing. She said people were threatening, she and her husband, people were outside the door. There were even, it is alleged, some shots. Do you know anything about that, Rodney? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. You have to understand. All right, hold that point, Rodney. Hold the point. We'll take a break. And when we come back, more from this fascinating story, Blood Brothers. Stay informed and stay in the know. 